I've seen the demons, but they didn't make a sound. They tried to reach me, but I lay upon the ground. I've seen the people, but they didn't make a sound. They tried to reach me, but I gave the run around. I reach your feelings. But they didn't make a sound. They tried to reach me, but I lay upon the ground. So Time is 16 minutes past nine on Thursday, the 6th of February, 2014. My name is Garen Thomas. And I'm Simon Payne. And you're listening to our Errand of Mercy. Hello. Hello, everybody. How are you? We're back to an evening kind of feel for the show. Yeah, back to cool evening. It's episode 74, by the way. Realised, I forgot to say that the numbers are like uh, becoming less and less relevant as we yeah. move forward. I think what's going to happen is we'll hit a hundred and then like 
we'll just be able to remember them again. Yeah, I think so, yeah, but it goes back to the beginning. But, like, yeah. seven has always been a tricky number for me as well. I can never remember the seven times table. No one can fucking remember the it's seven like times. It's, like, the worst. Yeah. Seven is a horrible number. My maths teacher, I had a maths teacher in secondary school, he said, if you're ever not sure of the answer to a maths answer, always put 12, but never put seven. Because 12 is a really easy-to-use mathematical number, and seven is the worst. That's good. That's good maths advice. Yeah, so there you go. 12 <laughs> well, is probably more likely to be the answer than seven. <laughs> so are you well this week, Simon? I'm you, good, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The wedding is imminent. It's 50 days today Yeah, until um, the wedding. So next weekend is, uh, is a bit of a... Do. Yeah, things yeah. will happen. That's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I know that something has been planned. Well... Um, <laughs> something has been something let, has been planned I don't know what it is <laughs> let's not get too excited about plans and, you know plans are loaded words I've, I've um, been really ill for last weekend that's like the worst cold in the world but um, just about over that so I'm sorry if I'm still sounding a bit like bunged up but you know what can you do you're now in that like post illness high where just feeling well is like you feel like you're superman like today has been just today's been the first day i felt well and it's i just feel so good sunshine lollipops and rainbows i was basically yeah i was like dancing down the street on my way to work you know walking around like you're on cocaine yeah just shaking people's hands smiling you know stuff like that it's great Um, (laughs) We should start, as we always do, with Bible News. From Manchester and Leamington in England, this is Bible News. He's been a busy boy, as yeah. per usual. Like, well, I mean, you say as per usual. He's really just like, um, I don't know where to start with this week's Bible news. I'll try and do it chronologically, but it's just been so all over the place. I Right, okay, so first off, Bible started by going to a court hearing in Toronto, where he's being, I think, arranged is the word for um, some crimes that he's committed at some point. Yeah. So he had to report to court and like confirm his name and place of address and all the rest of it. He finished that off by getting a pl- on a plane, which is then impounded because it was just chock full of weed. I don't like, understand. Apparently, like, they could smell it like on the runway. He had so much drugs on his plane because like, if it is just weed, like that's <laughs> like you can get you, you surely you can just, just stop that for a bit. I'm pretty sure. Like I've I've known people who do drugs, and of of all of the drugs I've known people do, weed is one of those ones where you know maybe you can chill on that for just a weekend. Yeah, or like even just you know not fill your plane with it because you can buy it like round the back of every supermarket in the in the world. Yeah, you know? exactly. 
But it's nowhere in the world where you could not buy weed. It's not like an, an entire hydroponics lab on his plane. <laughs> well, I mean... If that was the case, it would be pretty gangster. It, I think, like, it, it sounds it, like, it, you know, it could quite possibly have been. The next thing that Justin Bieber got caught, he, he was, um, he's been photographed, and I, I'm looking at the photo at the moment, he was photographed with a friend, I imagine uh, another midget rapper. Um, they're both uh, kissing one uh, a booby each of a stripper so good yeah fine so yes i i have now seen justin bieber like very tenderly sort of kissing he's a tender young man yeah exactly i think that's that's um and then to round it out basically miley cyrus called him out on his bullshit oh wow like even she's kind of feeling he's gone a bit too far she's like whoa 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 slow down yeah, it, it was actually hilarious. She was, she was like, I don't understand why he's doing all these things. Um, I think the quote was, I don't do anything illegal, but if I was, I'd just do it in my own house because I'm a millionaire, <laughs> which is an, is an entirely reasonable point. I is think. that what she said about Yeah, him? that's what she said, which is Yeah, true. she only does, like, really scandalous stuff when her record producer tells her she yeah, should. And it's and it's never illegal. A, a plane full of weed. It's never a plane full of weed or speeding while on weed or making out with a stripper's tits you know is that illegal is it illegal to kiss gee in this in this day and age is it illegal to kiss a stripper's boob with a rapper called something like lil suggs it it, (laughs) i mean surely it's frowned upon like it's frowned upon i mean i don't know if by law like legal authorities but definitely by like strip club authorities You know? Maybe not if you're Justin Bieber. What not. if you walk into that club and you make it rain? Then maybe you get to kiss a boob. And I don't mean I don't mean with money. I mean like by pure power of your celebrity machismo, you yeah. cause a warm front and a cold front to meet over the poles. Yeah. yeah um, and then it literally rains. Literally I think then you rain. get to kiss a boob. I bet mean, you get to kiss a boob. That's but how it works. Can't he just can't he just kiss literally anyone's boob? Pretty I think much. He can. Yeah, you know, yeah, any boob. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he needs to make. I think that's what's more like offensive about it. He he has no need to make it rain before he makes out of the boob. <laughs> oh, J Bubs. So yeah, that that's what he's been up to. Lots of lots of stuff going. I mean, I'm almost certain I've missed something because it's just been a pretty nuts week as far as he goes. Yeah, it's just a smokescreen. Well, Lil Twist makes a bunch of deals with Colombian drug lords. Yeah, probably. Like Lil Twist is currently right now. He's out in Colombia reenacting that scene from Scarface, walking along, and there's a guy in like a, a linen suit showing yeah. him where they pack all of the cocaine. That's uh, what's happening I, right now. I, I watched Clear and Present Danger this week. While I that was movie's been on basically every week <laughs> since Christmas. Yeah, I know. And do you know the best thing? I watched. I watched half of it on the TV, then I watched the second half on Netflix the next morning because that is a surprisingly long film. It is, isn't it? Yeah, for a film that's basically Harrison Ford like fights Colombian drug lords with truth, justice, and the American way. It's, it it goes into a lot of detail. Has, I believe at some point he acquires a gun that fires weeping bald eagles, doesn't it? Something I, like that happens. As far as I remember, he doesn't shoot a gun for the entire thing. He just hides. Yeah, he spends yeah. a lot of time with his back to things, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, because he's because he's like um. He, the president's I mean, bodyguard. No, like no, he's 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 the deputy director of the CIA. That's it. Um, through like just coincidence, um, 
and yeah, and and the the whole thing is like he's all doing all this like Washington backroom politics, and then the shit hits the fan, and he's like, "I've got to go there and sort it out myself because yeah. America, because Americans, because that's how bureaucracy works." Yeah, and then, and then he and then he gets at the end, he gets in a fight with the president because the president's like being corrupt and like backhanded, and he's like, "No, no politics, America." <laughs> in America, we don't need politics; we settle things with force. Oh, actually, no, wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, that's yeah, pretty yeah. accurate. Uh, Enough with your laws and pesky <laughs> ethics. So yeah, I'll doing fist a pretty, fight you if I have to. Pretty good job as being the director of the CIA. If that's kind of good, good work, sir. Good work, Harrison. The but. CIA. That's their uh, motto, isn't it? Truth, truth, freedom, and the American way. I might watch because I know I know there's a they're rebooting that Jack Ryan series yeah, with. They uh, are. Chris Pine. I'm going to. I'm probably going to go to the cinema tomorrow, and it's a toss up between whether I see that or American Hustle. I kind of like Chris Ryan as I, um, as that character, though. It Chris kind Ryan of fits more, like Chris Pine. Chris Pine as Jack Ryan. See, I'm already Jack Ryan. Jack I'm Pine fusing them. Jack Pine as Chris Ryan. Yeah, in, I think I like that. Because <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Because he's supposed to be like. At the point of like the the shadow recruit story is, and he's supposed to be kind of like a green, a yeah. green rookie forced out into the open, but but somehow somehow he's always known the moves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I think I might go and see that because you know we all love Tom Clancy at uh, the Errand of Mercy. We do. Can I, can I actually talk? I don't. I didn't. I think we didn't discuss this before, but I went to see The Wolf of Wall Street. And, oh my God, that is the worst movie. <laughs> Me and Nicole have had numerous conversations about going to see The Wolf of Wall Street. Don't fucking like, see it. To the point where, like, I kind of wanted to go and see it because I heard quite a bit of buzz about it. And then Nicole was like, no, it looks stupid. And then, like, literally the next day after she got back from work, I asked her again about it. And she's like, no, I've spoken to everybody at work. All of the people I like, who I respect, said it was stupid. And all of the idiots said it was amazing. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Fair <laughs> enough. It's a free. It's a three hour long movie. I'll say again, three mm. hour long movie, longer than Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Of people in a call centre doing drugs, and occasionally there's a naked woman. Like so, that's that's it. So it's kind of like working for Wonga. Yeah, yeah. But um, go and work at Wonga for free for three hours, and you'll get the same effect. I mean, there are a lot of issues with the film. There's a lot of complex issues, like there's definitely issues of sort of misogyny and there's yeah. definitely issues about how it treats drug use. But, I mean, more importantly than any of that, it is just incredibly boring. <laughs> like, halfway through the film, I sort of, I, I almost blacked out, like, and then I was sort of, wait, where the fuck am I? Like I actually lost track of what you lost like what where you were in your life geographically in yeah, time I and just, space. Like my, it was like my brain had gone into sleep mode because it was so <laughs> fucking tedious. <laughs> wow, that movie's made a lot of money though, hasn't it? I, I get well because people like me were like, "Oh, Martin Scorsese, this will probably be a good movie." But I don't know. I guess. I don't know what he was doing. I think yeah. it's like he just set up a camera. And just let it run like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did a bunch of a- acting. Where it was like, so should we um, should we edit this? Like, nah, let's just put it out there like let's this. Put this as as raw. Yeah, and it was like honestly, it's just 
you'll have sort of a half hour block of Leonardo DiCaprio being in a call centre doing cocaine. <laughs> and then there'll be a sort of a 30 second bit where a woman's topless. And then you'll have another half hour block of him being in a call centre doing cocaine. So bad. Like no one go and see The Wolf of Wall Street. It's <laughs> one of the worst. I am going to say... On record, it is worse than X-Men Origins Wolverine because yeah, but- X-Men Origin Wolverine took less of my time. <laughs> like, I wasted less of my life watching that shitty movie than I did watching this shitty movie. So Wolf of Wall Street is, by all metrics, the worst film I have ever seen. Good. Good. I'm glad that we've, um, that, that, that we've, we've outed Wolf of Wall Street as, right. um, as the, worst, the worst thing you've ever seen. Um, so, um, can I move on to Rob Ford news now? Speaking of the worst thing that I've ever seen. (laughs) So, yeah, because, you know, we do just by the news and we do Rob Ford news to, like, cleanse our palate somewhat. Two Um, two very busy Canadians. Two very busy Canadians. So, um, this week, uh, Rob Ford, first he went to, he spread his, um, sort of weird marketing campaign to, uh, Vancouver, which is on the other side of Canada, where... (laughs) It's such um, a big marketing campaign, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I think the Canadian government's now got on this. It's like we need to get this guy travelling about, you know, to like make what it. If make... He becomes like the whatever the president of of Canada is. I think it's the Governor General of Canada. That's a great name for a presidential kind of uh, position. Yeah. Governor General. I think it's also a position that has no power. I think it's because it's like what it's it's what they have because the Queen can't live there. Oh, okay, so, fine. Like I guess he could be that because he wouldn't actually have any like right to maybe, do. Maybe that's like the the overarching political concept here. Yeah, like, definitely. Just to keep people, you know, sort of wag the dog style, keep people from thinking about stuff. Yeah. By making putting Rob Ford in charge of the country nominally. Anyway, he went to Vancouver. Police officers stopped him for jaywalking at eight forty-five in the evening. So not that late, you know. Yeah. Earlier than we're recording this show, yeah. um, he was also, he he was apparently drunk, but claimed he he said all I have is a diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say it in the present tense? Um, no, oh, all I have had here oh, okay. is a diet coke. Yeah, okay, good lad. So uh, I yeah. was hoping they were going to find crack with street value of approximately ten thousand Canadian dollars. Like um, on it, just on his person, just, just all around his. Yeah, person. just like secreted in every single it, like orifice he could fit it into. I mean, I mean, he's a fat guy. You could hide quite a lot of coke on him without, like, really. You just think, oh, he's put on some more weight, you know, or something like that. I've got to say, from the photo of him, he's definitely drunk, though, because he's like. Well, I mean, we've all seen photos of Rob Ford drunk now, so we know what we're looking for. We know exactly what we're looking for. He's sweating a lot. His tie's like, his tie's still on, but he's like undone the top button. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's it's not a good look. Um, So he did that. And then he went back to Toronto. I've got to say, um, Simon, I I want to wish you a happy Toronto Bob Marley Day. (laughs) Because Rob Ford has declared that today, May the 6th, is Toronto's official Bob Marley Day. I think <laughs> to make amends for him doing that um, Jamaican rap as we discussed last so, week. I don't think that's how it works, I though, is it? Rob I don't Ford. think that's how it works, uh, but he's he's declared it's happened. So there we go. So there we so, go. That's the truth. That's Marley political Day. truth. Now it's absolute political truth. But the president of Canada has declared it is now Bob Marley Day. <laughs> 
I, I like, yeah, I don't know. I guess he, I, the only connection I can see between Bob Marley and Toronto is that Rob Ford really likes drugs. I think. Yeah, I guess so. I think that's it. I don't really think that maybe there's a big reggae scene in Toronto. I don't know. Could be. Could, could be. be. Maybe not. Remember that there was, wasn't there that white Canadian rapper? Uh, I, I don't mean Drake because um, I mean someone else. There was like, there was like a famous white Canadian rapper. Justin Bieber? No. Oh, fuck. What's that guy? What was it? There was like a really famous white Canadian rapper. You're talking about Sum 41? No, no. Vanilla oh. Ice? I, I am going to I am going to now Wikipedia a list of Canadian musicians. Good. I'm going to read through them all uh, until I find Snow. Do you remember Snow? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Do you remember the song Informer? What Informer? I love that song. By Snow, who is like. Who is, who is like a weedy white guy from Ontario, Canada. No way. Yeah. I'm going wow. to find you a picture of Snow, who, who is easily the most 90s looking person. One of my favourite mixes on DJ Hero is a mix of Informer and something else. I kind of send you. Um, but I've got to say, he does look a lot like Edward Snowden. Well, there we go. It all comes full circle. Wow, look at this guy. Oh, he's really Canadian looking as well. <laughs> yeah. And he's got like, if you watch the music video for Informer as well, he's got these like enormous, like terrible glasses. He on. looks like a combination of Ali G and Louis Theroux, is what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is, that really is precise. Yeah, if, if Louis Theroux had been Ali G instead of Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. the rapper Snow, um, <laughs> who's from Toronto, um, Ontario, I mean. So there we go. There, there we go. That's all. Let's see. That's all fun. That's fine. I mean, I think that what we need in in our life from from Canada is is more snow and less and less Rob Ford. More snow, less blow. <laughs> that's our new campaign. This is our <laughs> our anti Rob Ford campaign. It's called More Snow, Less Blow. And we want we want we want to report Snow, the the white rapper from Ontario, as the new governor of Toronto. <laughs> But yeah, the new Governor General of Canada will be the famous white rapper Snow rather than Rob Ford, also known as Blow. <laughs> Have fun editing that bit. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be fine. Not an issue. I mean, it's uh, it's not difficult for me at all. I just have a sixth sense for these kind of things now. Uh, just speaking of, you know, government fuck-ups, I want hmm. to speak about some things that have been on my mind recently. Um, about our government, the UK government, which okay. uh, they get a bit of stick, you know. The thing I like about the American political system is they have amazing words for all of the weird political shit that their government does, like gerrymandering and filibustering, stuff yeah. like that. We don't have those. No, and I no, feel no. like we need to uh, we need to have some. We need to come up with a name for the current trend in like government PSA adverts that are bouncing around the UK at the moment. So what they're doing is uh, can I just say you've done something really annoying because the A in PSA stands for adverts. Well, yeah, the the so, PSA adverts, the PS, public service now. I thought it was public service announcement. It's, oh, I thought it was public safety adverts. Well, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever they're doing, there's two things that are happening. They're, they're doing um, adverts, nutritional adverts, giving mm. people advice for like how to feed their families more healthily. Yeah, um, but it's, it's 
Uh, yeah, which is at its core, you know, a fair concept. But the execution is just fucking diabolical. So there's efforts with like uh, plasticine people, and one of them is just like maybe buy your buy buy instead of cheese, buy low fat cheese for your family. And uh, if you because because the because the the crippling obesity problem that we have in the UK at the moment, the way that the government has chosen to fix it is to tell people that instead of buying cheese. They should buy low-fat low cheese. Fat cheese. Have you considered low-fat cheese? No, no, I've never considered low-fat. Like, a better advert would be, instead of buying cheese, have you considered buying fruit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, um, or there's one. There's another one which is, like, um, educating, like, oh, if your children knew, uh, oh, we love we love fizzy pop in our house, which, for those of you international uh, listeners, that's uh, soda, Things like like Coca Cola and so on. Oh, we love fizzy pop in our house. Um, but then they like show the kids how much sugars in um, in like one glass of fizzy pop. They're like, "Wow, that's so much sugar. We're never gonna drink fizzy pop again." Like, no, that's not the response. Like, if you showed a child how much sugar is in a glass of fizzy pop, they'd be like, "Oh, that's amazing. I'll have more, please." <laughs> yeah, I'll have well, another I, I one like of those. Sugar, thank you. So this is good. Yeah. Sugar is all I care about. It's the only thing that I can equate to food at the moment because I'm like 10 and it tastes good. It yeah. makes everything taste better. So I'd like more of that, please. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, the reason it works on adults is because adults have had other, like, you know, sugar is the only drug children are allowed. So, like, obviously they're going to want more of it. Like, yeah. Adults have learned when to when something is too much because they've had other like substances. Which means that so the thing that is confused me is, and uh, once again, this is another one of those things where like like a, a governing body has looked at an issue in its populace, which is like the the issue that we have with obesity in England, which is a, it's an actual thing that's a serious problem. I'm not making light of that, but the fact that our government has looked at that and gone, how are we going to solve this? Well, what we should do is we should do a, a, a string of adverts paid for by the taxpayer on uh, on on TV um, and we're going to put them on prime time and what they're going to do is suggest things like maybe get low fat cheese or hey kids this fizzy pop has sugar in it well like yeah, thanks that's kind of not the issue though the issue is the like the miasmatic cloud of apathy that clouds like all of english culture when it comes to eating food yeah like like we would so much sooner eat a fucking rustlers burger than actually spend ten to fifteen minutes preparing a healthy meal. That's the issue. And you can't fix that with fucking adverts. Well, you especially can't fix that by suggesting people eat low fat cheese. Like, I don't. What, what is low fat cheese? I don't even understand. It's that horrible. Like, I've, I've, we've we've had it recently. It's it's horrible. Right. You can't eat that shit. It's like. It's like processed protein. It's like somebody explained like what food tastes like to a robot, and the robot tried to replicate it. Um, so yeah, that ain't gonna fly, uh, yeah. British government. I don't think you're gonna make that one work. So there's that. That's that's issue number one. Issue number two is there's billboards popping up all around Leamington. I'm not sure if you've seen them in Manchester for, with like cyber advice for people. Like they look like they've been done by the cartoonists who do the Jetsons, and they've got um and one of them has got like a a van with a trademan working walking away from the van, looking pleased with himself, and the sun's going down in the picture. It's obviously the end of the day, and it says that on the back of the van, um, valuables left in this van at night. And then underneath it says, you wouldn't do this in real life, so why do it on the internet? 
And then it's got a little picture of like, for more information, visit this website, uh, gov. I don't know, I don't know. To me, that seems like a very reasonable and well-constructed advert. But I don't really understand how anybody's going to look at that and go, oh, yeah, you're right. I should. What, what, what am I supposed to do? Let's say that I am a, a person who has no internet literacy. What am I supposed to do as a result of seeing that, seeing that billboard? Go to the website that's advertised on the billboard. Yeah, you would think that, G, but unfortunately the website that's advertised on the billboard is printed in a tiny font in the bottom right-hand <laughs> corner in almost the same colour as the background. <laughs> so good fucking work. Yeah, okay. It could work. Yeah, once again. So like you, you can't you you can make a you can make a, a, a like a well designed, brightly coloured advert which puts across a message which is completely useless, or you can put across a message which is useful in a way that's easy to remember, but but miss out the critical piece of information that makes it useful to anyone. Yeah. Good good fucking work. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those adverts. That might be because I live in Manchester, which, I mean, the only political advert I regularly see is still, like, my favourite advert that defines the difference between the north and south of England, which is an advert promoting apprenticeships and has various different tradespeople stood in front of an enormous red flag. They're like, it's a group of of tradespeople staring slightly off frame, marching into the future in front of an enormous waving red flag. Because because for North of England, we do socialism up here. Yeah, good. (laughs) I like to see that. Mm. It's actually a really good advert as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's rousing. I like that. So yeah, I live in basically one of the safest conservative seats in England. That's where Mm. I live. And I live in the safest labour seat in England. So, yeah. Welcome to the errand of mercy. We bring a social dichotomy. <laughs> Although, do you vote? Because I don't vote. Um, when I do vote, I generally vote for the party that's left of labour. So I don't know, kind of, I, I've, got, I've got to wait to see what sort of socialist coalitions are going to form ahead of the European elections, but probably the trade union and socialist coalition. But not, who, the, not the socialist and trade union coalition. No, fucking splitters. I, I, actually, I might vote for Labour because, like, last time we had a European election here, Nick Griffin got a seat. So, you know, might go. need to counteract that. Maybe bit. maybe might need to, <coughs> to to bring out that special pen. Yeah. Dust it off. So I might actually start voting this year as well. I think yeah. it's part and parcel of actually being an adult. It, it is, yeah, it's important. And and like uh, this is our own PSA, which I guess is public service announcement. That does make more sense thinking yeah. about it. Um, every, everybody in Europe, uh, European elections are coming up in the next few months. Please go out and vote. Because also, if you're British, it's proportional representation. So your vote actually counts. Yeah. Vote for something good as well. Don't be a dick about yeah, it. Yeah, don't be a dick. Like, Do a bit of research, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, re- read up some literature. Fucking hell. Yeah, fucking kids. <laughs> this is getting a little bit heavy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, to, to, let's let's try and cleanse our palate a bit. <coughs> I wanted to talk about Assassin's Creed 4, G. Can we do yeah, that? Yeah, let, let's... Let's talk about Assassin's Creed 4, the game of the year. It's It actually is. Yeah, it's just straight it's, up the game it, of the year. It came out last year, but it's yeah. already the game of this year. Yeah, it was the game of 2013 and 2014. And probably 2015 as well. Yeah. 
Because, uh, oh my God, that fucking game. I know. Um, like, I, I, now, we don't really talk about community games very much on the show yeah. because Apart this isn't that podcast. Yes. Those podcasts were available between the between the years of 2006 and 2009, and then all of them uh, conspicuously disappeared. So <laughs> let's not follow that route, shall we? Yeah. Um, I've been playing this game a lot, so have you. I think the reason that we want to talk about it is basically before the podcast, we've we've spent at least five minutes talking to each other about it every single time we start. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, the Assassin's Creed um, franchise is one where you play as an assassin who kills various historic people, and a lot of it is based around, like, poking fun at history and yeah. taking historically memorable people and working them into a cool kind of conspiracy theory-esque narrative yeah, yeah sort of like i mean let's be honest it's 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 really it's sort of like a dan brown-esque conspiracy yeah. sort of thing yeah but on. but it's it, it has a lot of fun with it yeah um, in the way that dan brown takes himself very seriously and his books very seriously assassin's creed really doesn't in the second assassin's creed game you meet a man who's introduced as your tech guy he's mm. the guy who's going to make all of your gadgets and stuff uh that's a mr leonardo da vinci yeah he is your man in a van <laughs> uh it's 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 a lot of fun also you um you end up in a di- indirect conflict with with machiavelli and you end the game fist fighting with the evil pope in the basement of the vatican yeah so that was that was an amazing game and they've kind of not really been on the beat since assassin's creed 2 there's been a lot of kind of meh games kind yeah. of lukewarm responses but assassin's creed 4 black flag you play a pirate yeah um and it's not really about the assassins of the Templars. So the idea is that the assassins are constantly trying to defeat the Templars, who are this big shadowy group mm. uh, trying to control all of the empires on the earth, and the assassins are trying to balance that out by killing them to stop them from taking over. Yeah. Um, and Assassin's Creed Four, like, it introduces you to that world, and then it just gives you a ship and is yeah. like, so yeah, now do basically whatever you want. Yeah, it's basically you start off as a pirate who accidentally gets involved with a massive conspiracy, yeah. and then pretty much you can just ignore it after. That. Yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, it it is just very very fun, and there's just so much cool stuff in it. I like that- they like oh I I you know kind of oh I'm a bit bored of kind of assassinating people now. Now I'll go in my pirate ship and like hunt the hunt the west indies for barrels full of rum okay now i'm bored of that how about i go and harpoon a whale because i can do that yeah and now i am going to run around the city collecting sea shanties for my pirates to sing while i sail places yeah that's one of the collectibles in the game <coughs> a sea shanty pages which you use to teach new sea shanties to your crew who sing yeah. them while you're sailing around yeah so um, you know how in like grand theft auto you listen to you know music on your radio in assassin's creed you listen to your pirates sing a 18th century sea shanties and it's the best thing in the world it's also like probably the first game that i've played that's got english voice acting right yeah like um everybody i mean one of the things that things enamored me to the game was that the character he plays from swansea my hometown and yeah he's got like a a bit of a welsh accent he does and it come it's funny because he's got 
he doesn't just have a Welsh accent. He's got the accent of a Welshman who is trying to not sound Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of a weird thing, but it totally it totally works. And every now and again, like Edward Kenway, the guy you play as, will lilt into his Welsh accent. All of the characters you meet are really likeable. Like you befriend a pirate early in the game who, who turns out to be Blackbeard later on. And it's yeah. just really cool. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing about accents is that everyone has a crazy variety of accents. So yes. there's quite a lot of West Country accents because historically that's where a lot of pirates came from. Yeah. But, you know, you'll also, like, the one of the things you can do is rescue pirates from prison and they'll join you. Yeah. And, like, one of them might be a Geordie or something. Yeah, and it's, it's funny, like, is it? That yeah. like, you always come across, like, there's, the, like, people who sound like Cockneys or, like, that they're from the far north of England and all of the localization is spot on, which is something I've never been able to say about a game ever. Mm. Um, and also, like, there's so much stuff going on and so much of it is crafted with so much love. Like, you'll you'll forget for a moment and you'll just be trying to get through a section of the game and then you'll feel really... Like, there's a, there are optional quests you can do. So the idea is that you sell a map to some Templars, which means that they know where all of the assassin bases are in the West Indies. You decide that what you're going to do to try and make amends so the assassins don't come after you is go and meet all of the assassins at their bases and warn them that the Templars are coming. And then you always like invariably get get embroiled into defending the the like the base from the Templars. Uh, you're rewarded with a key that allows you to get one step closer to getting like some really cool armor if you if you defeat the Templars in that region. But all of those little stories as well, you're basically playing like a a supporting character in a in an entirely different story that's taking place in this world that could be the story of a, of an entire different game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of these people, every single character has an incredibly intricate backstory it's... and you might only see a bit of it, but you kind of yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. And I think one of the important things is as well like a lot of games get this wrong and I think even, you know, some of our favorite games like sort of things like Skyrim and stuff, yeah. you have a lot of stuff you can do but everything's entirely separate from everything yeah. else. I've got a ship and I want to use it to capture sort of a bigger ship that I've seen or like I want to unlock an area of the map and to do that I need to defeat a big ship so yeah so I know my ship's not strong enough so I need to go around and like capture smaller ships and I need to upgrade something like and to do that I might need to upgrade sort of my personal armor so I know that I'm going to go and have to land on an island somewhere and hunt an animal to collect stuff yeah and it's just every kind of every single quest in Assassin's Creed feeds into every other kind of activity you need to do yeah. like nothing in it feels separate yeah. from anything else it's all part of the same thing it's very very good i'd recommend playing it yeah so would i like everything's important yeah and, um, but nothing becomes too important and takes over from everything else yeah and yeah it's got crazy mystical ruins in it that like there's a there's an island that they just put in the game that called Mysteriosa, which has nothing to do with the, with the plot of the game. But it's yeah. just like a, basically a cursed island that's really difficult to get to. If you try and get near it, there's constant storms and hurricanes that tear your ship apart. So you have to get a really high level ship to get to it. And if you get to it, it's basically at the center of this massive uh, hurricane, um, and it's full of uh, it's full of crazy like Mayan gold and stuff. It's just really like there's so many weird things that have been worked into one game and totally work together 
Yeah. I don't think anybody else has pulled anything like this off. So if you like, if you buy one game in like from last year, it has to be this one because it does everything right. It's yeah, so cool. exactly. That's it. It just does everything right. It's just such a good game. So yeah, do that. That is mm. the errand of mercy, like gaming news. <laughs> the first and probably last one that we do. Do you want to talk about crime news? Yeah, speaking um, of piracy. Oh, wait, do you want to talk about the fact you bought a £200 Assassin's Creed coat? That's not crime. That's, <laughs> that's me being a cool guy. Do you want to talk about you, how you bought a £200 black leather trench coat? Yeah. It's, it's not black leather. It's, it's carbon-coated cloth. <laughs> and it's not a trench coat. It comes down to... It's not that long. It's like, okay. it's like two-thirds of that length. <laughs> My fiance says it looks really sexy. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> so crime news. Well, you know that, like, like you know, I have a condition where, like, I will basically, like, if I get into something, I'll, 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 ha- I'll need to have loads of weird stuff to do with that for approximately yeah. three weeks, and then I'll move on to something else. It's the reason that our, like, my fiance is the same. It's the reason our flat is full of Lord of the Rings Lego. Yeah. And it's the reason your computer is covered with um, Pacific Rim stuff. Oh, yeah, Pacific Rim, man. We got yeah. matching Pacific Rim T-shirts for our honeymoon. What? Is that the sound of you putting your head in your hands? <laughs> Literally, that was the sound of me putting my head in my hands. We got that, and we got we got um, Mass Effect ones as well. We got Paragon and Renegade T-shirts, and we got um, two T-shirts that say, I'm drift compatible, and then an arrow pointing to the left and right. Uh, which we're going to wear on honeymoon. Are you for Paragon and she's the renegade? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, how do you work that one out? <laughs> um, so, yeah, crime news. Crime news. Um, well, crime and Florida news with the news for. It's just like a- you don't need to mention those things as if they're separate. Yet another naked man has bitten someone's face off. <laughs> <laughs> Please, can we stop doing meth already? It's so fucking 2013. Like, break, Breaking Bad is over. We don't need to... Everybody can stop doing meth now. <laughs> a naked man with superhuman strength was shot to death after assaulting a former police officer and biting part of a teenager's face off in Park <laughs> Beach, Florida. Did, did, like, are you reading this verbatim from a news outlet that has said that he had super strength? Yeah, superhuman strength is a quote from the Palm Beach police. <laughs> Luckily, they broke out the kryptonite and they managed to stop him. Um, so, yeah, apparently um, the naked man, um, first he attacked the former police officer, like he'd like beat him up. Then later on, he tried to eat the face of an 18-year-old who stabbed him. Um, but... The um the man like was unaffected and walked off. A uh, police then tasered him, um, and once again it just took no effect. And he took a fighting stance, which I um, I don't know. I immediately pictures Angief from um, Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the the whole kind of like one hand slightly further out and raised slightly further yeah. above the other hand uh, kind of stance. If I'm reading this right, they then tried to taser him again. It did not give a fuck. Yeah, and then they had to shoot him three times. Um, at which point he finally 
Oh, he died later in hospital, so he kept going after that as well. Um, they think it was some type of drugs to make him <laughs> Really? <laughs> when are we going to get... So, like, back in the 80s, I think he was a Marvel supervillain. There was a Marvel supervillain uh, called Snowflame. Yeah, are you talking about Snowflame? Um, who, when are we going to... He was a DC supervillain okay. who was powered by magic cocaine. Yes. Yeah, it was like I thought he was just powered by cocaine. Period. Like he had, or was his cocaine? Yeah, magic? no, you're right. He he had he'd been in infected with the spirit of I think an Incan god, and he and to power his superpowers, he just had to do a lot of coke. So much coke. Yeah, and, like and the more amazing... coats he did, the stronger he was. Yeah, and they killed him by, like, kicking him into a coke lab and it all exploded and that killed him. Yeah, um, I, think that's, I think that's correct, yes. So so what, what I'm asking now is when do we get our DC meth-powered villain? Um, like, well, yeah, I mean... Where's Method Man? <laughs> it could actually be Method Man. It could just be Method Man. Does he do meth? It's, I mean, it seems like he should. <laughs> I feel like we should make him. I, yeah, just like, get a court order to force Method Man to do meth. Where are the actual superheroes powered by drugs? So I definitely feel that was a that was an, well, that Captain was Captain America. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Captain America. I mean, I, I've shown you the class. I I I I did show you for my Captain America comic about drugs. About, so yeah, Captain America versus a city on ice. Is that yeah, what it's that, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the city on ice because they never call it coke; they just call it ice. Yeah, for, they use all of the, to yeah. get around getting in trouble for actually talking about drugs in there. It, uh, it's it's the greatest thing because um, I think sort of one of Captain America's like. You know how how all superheroes have teenagers who they're buddies with. Yeah, um, one of them is doing ice, and um, <laughs> and, like, he no. ca- and he calls out um, Captain America for being a hypocrite because he's powered by the super serum. To which Captain America's reply is literally, um, "No, that's different." <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand, man. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a drug storyline in New X Men when I was reading it when I was a teenager. Um, where like a bunch of kids form what what's essentially like a a mutant based neo Nazi group in Xavier's college, right. um, and they all do this crazy drug called Kick, and it makes all their mutant powers really powerful. Um, but- I, I love how in comics and sci fi as well, like people can never just do drugs; they have to do made up super drugs. Yeah, of course. But the thing is, like the thing about the Kick storyline. So there was this guy called Kid Omega who I wanted to be when I was little. Um, when I was a teenager. Kid Omega, the one who's just got like all of the superpowers. No, he's um, that's <coughs> that. I can't remember who you're thinking about. Kid Omega is like a he's like a a, a really powerful psychic probably more powerful than professor x hmm. um but he like he's basically a teenager is like imagine professor x if he's a teenage anarchist like how dangerous that concept is and yeah. um he decides what he's what he's going to do is he's going to become um like the the symbol of everything that that humanity fears about mutants so he gets like an old pamphlet that was written by bolivar trask the guy who makes the sentinels and like basically styles himself on like a propaganda picture of terrifying mutants and then starts a mutant fascist group 
that are powered by punk rock and this drug called kick and starts a riot at Xavier's college. But then he does so much kick that it makes his, um, his mutant powers so powerful that his brain, his brain matter accelerates to a point where it becomes a theoretical, um, a theoretical particle and evaporates out of his head. And that's how they defeat him. He's like, and, and also the only reason he's doing all of this is to try and impress one of the Stepford cuckoos. Who is like this girl that he fancies? That's uh, that was the state of X Men in like two thousand and two <laughs> when I was reading it. Oh dear! But there are no downsides. The thing, like the thing about the story, is there's no like, down. The only downside is he did he did too much, but he literally blew his mind. Yeah, he became too powerful. Like he became yeah. so powerful, his brain his brain left his body. He became like an, an energy being, and like there was like no there was no sad side effects to kick other than like. If you were bad, the X Men punched you. <laughs> so there was one guy called uh, called Redneck who had really shit mutant powers. Like he could warm his hands up, uh, mm. but not enough to do anything other than toast bread. That was as hot as his hands could get. Um, yeah. But on kick, he could like me- melt steel. And he got really sad when they took his kick away because he was basically nothing now, yeah. just a guy <laughs> with warm hands. I mean, that sounds quite handy. Yeah, it's handy, but it doesn't get you into the fucking X-Men, does it? Maybe X-Force or Generation Next, but not 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 um the straight the like team number 1. So what we need is we need like a we need a proper like really evil meth-based super villain. Yeah. That's, yeah. All right. We should write one. We should write that. Batman can fight him. Cuz why not? They'll do anything uh, that'd be too dark and grey. I don't want Batman to fight him. Uh, <laughs> but I think we... that meth is like the ultimate dark and gritty drug. Well, I guess. I, I, I think I'm kind of like getting bored of Batman now. And I don't think I'll ever I think say we're that. all bored of Batman, aren't we? Yeah. So now it's like, now that we're all bored of Batman, now is like the, the best time to, uh, to film that Batman versus Superman movie. Yeah. No, definitely. Other crime news. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, until this week, you used to be able to buy heroin by going to the uh, drive-thru of of a McDonald's and asking and saying, I'd like to order a toy. You'd then get a (laughs) meal box filled with smack. That's so good. See, that's like, like, because I've heard of, like, getting drugs from drive-thrus has been a thing for a while, hasn't it? But that seems like it's too easy to accidentally buy heroin. Like- yeah. I mean, yeah. It, well, I mean, the thing is, because saying I'd like a toy is an odd thing to say at it McDonald's. Is. Unless perhaps you're a little bit stoned, which yeah. if going to McDonald's is reasonably likely. Yeah. In which case you would say that and then end up with a box full of heroin. And then you'd be like, wow, now I'm <laughs> going to do all this heroin. I should get stoned more often. <laughs> Don't do uh, that, kids. Never go to McDonald's. No, never, never go to McDonald's. <laughs> That's quite an, an operation, though. Do you reckon that the manager of the store was in on it? Or did um, they just not care? I, I mean, they, surely they must be, because like, they'd have to store the heroin in the like kitchen. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, each Happy Meal box contained um, about... 10 bags of heroin. That's not a, li- a small amount of heroin, is it? No. So, I mean, I, I, I've, kind of, I've seen a picture of it and, you know, they're, they're like reasonably sized bags of, like, I mean, it's a Happy Meal box literally chock full of heroin. 
Oh man, that's there's the title for this episode. <laughs> happy happy meal box of heroin. <laughs> Sorted. Cut, print, done. <laughs> but if we're staying on the crime angle, I want to take us yeah, back sure. to the UK to the um to the, the the great city that I lived in until recently. That city is Nottingham. Also uh, known as Shottingham. Shottingham. Garottingham. That's a new one I'm trying to make happen. Okay, Garottingham. I'm not sure if that'll happen. In Garottingham. There's a pub called the Old Angel Inn, uh, which you may not be familiar with, but anybody who's of a uh, a slightly metal head uh, leaning in Nottingham probably knows of the Old Angel Inn. I've been there. I used to go there uh, when I was in Nottingham, which means it can't have been that hardcore. Yeah. Um, but was it was it the pub you go to before you went to that really terrible rock club in Nottingham? What terrible? Oh, For, what you... was the what was the enormous rock, rock city? Rock city. Rock That's city. Right. Yeah, I, I've been on a night out there. <laughs> I think I think in in a way we all have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Rock City is just a it's just a temporal entrance to whatever like whatever ridiculous sticky floored almost super club. Yeah, that, that is in every it's a, city. It's an enormous box filled with sweat and like rock music. Yeah, yeah, but only on only on certain nights. You don't want to get that wrong, as you end <laughs> up there on the, on a night when they're playing like exclusively shite. So, <laughs> so this is like a like yeah, it's one of those pubs, and there are a couple of like old, like really old, like seventeenth century pubs that are all quite close to each other, and all that kind of pub. Um, right. Now, the old Angel Inn has got into trouble uh, today. Uh, mm. Because they're running a uh, a Valentine's Day speed dating event, um, oh. and um, they have chosen to call this event "Bag a Slag or Grab a Hag Night." Fucking hell! Um, now the <laughs> the uh, the the decision to call it this was made by a barmaid at the place called Lydia Hunt. Oh, so so that that means it's fine because a woman made this. So. Well, like the thing is, she said she thought it was empowering. So, so like this this brings up a whole other thing. This is a like... thing that's been happening for a while now. Um so there are some there there are some there's one school of thought on this kind of thing where you're like, oh, um it's it's one of those old conversations about like, is this objectifying to women or is it empowering? Like what's the What's the deal? Are we objectifying this woman or is she being empowered by the fact that all these people fancy her? Which is a which is a uh, an argument you can have. I think there are there are interesting points on both sides. There when are spaces for this debate. It's not here. <laughs> yeah. But when your event is called Bag a Slag or Grab a Hag Night. Yeah. Not, it's, no. No, it's no. not empowering, is it? But you're, what you're literally doing is turning women into one object or a different object. <laughs> both of which are not nice. <sighs> oh, God. Yeah, you're not doing it right. The overall name for their Valentine's Day event is called Die, Die, My Darling. Um, that yeah. sounds like suitably shit rocks rock pub name for yeah, a so they could have just left it at that but they didn't but, need yeah to. they could have just if, if they'd left it with that no one would have cared <laughs> yeah and there's a picture on the flyers they're giving out which is like a a skeletal hand holding a tumbler of what appears to be some kind of clear alcoholic liquid and holding it up to a woman uh, as if to toast her but the the view of the woman through the liquid in the glass shows that she's actually a skeleton it's all pretty standard. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> oh, can you send me that picture right now? Yeah, I'm going to send you it so you can appraise it. Oh, it's, if you don't know what death is certain is, just just Google image search death is certain and enjoy that. <laughs> just got to check this out. Just check the flyer out for this. Um, you don't necessarily need to read, to read the article, Jay, but just to, give me your appraisal of the flyer. <laughs> so yeah she's, she's like alive but in the bit for so he's holding like a brandy glass yeah yeah um so most of hers like got skin on but the bit you can see through the brandy glass is all like skulls and metal yeah and, but, and they don't even describe it as a metal bell which is like ostensibly what it is it's an alternative they, speed dating alternative night alternative speed <laughs> which is another name for metal without the balls Fucking hell. So, yeah, that's uh, good work, old angel in. <laughs> one pound shots. One pound. No, no. Yeah, it's one pound to get in. You get free shots if you're a, if you're a lady. Okay. Yeah. Ladies get shots. So maybe, I mean, unfortunately, G, um, we're going to be out on my stag do um, oh. after that. I mean, it's the 14th. Um, so we're not going to be able to go there. We're not going to be able to roll up on that. Maybe drop some negs, see what happens. Um, did we talk about mystery at any point recently? Because I think it was like something I was thinking about talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Where is this come from? Is it 2007 or over again? There there was a story recently that, um, mystery, um, the guy who invented the mystery method and like created all of that bullshit. Some woman went on a night out, um, mystery and a friend of his were, uh, were in the bar. They were, they they were performing their moves. They were peacocking, etc. Yeah, mystery um, and his friend hydroponics, and the end of hydroponics is spelled I X. Yeah, um, they um, so they they were trying to woo this woman. She was not interested, but she gave she gave uh, mystery her phone number because you know she thought it was you know a bit of a laugh because you, know, you know it's he's, he's on TV. It's funny. It's a good story. And she yeah, goes, look, this is a message mystery center. That guy then proceeded to go back to his, like, send her, like, a thousand messages in a row, including just videos of himself and his mate hanging out at their flat after, like, after a night out where they clearly not got with any women. Yeah. Based, because they were all, like, sort of, I think they're all sort of, like, Vine videos. They're all, like, six seconds long. Yeah. Based on the videos, I can conclusively say that man has never had sex. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, welcome to the mystery lip method, ladies and gentlemen. I, like, I mean, I've I've never really paid much attention to all of that bullshit because, I mean, as I always say, the first time I ever got a girl's number was because I was with my mate and he was trying the mystery method. I took the piss out of him, and then the two girls we were speaking to gave me their phone numbers. Nicely, um, you know, the first time I ever got a girl's number. Do you want to know how I got a girl's number once? How did you do it? I offered to buy her a drink and then struck up normal and reasonable conversation with her. Yeah, I mean, well, that's basically what I... Know. I, I mean, I was surprised too, but that's yeah. apparently the way it works. That's how you do it. It's basically, he, he made an ass of himself. I said, sorry, he's making an ass of himself. And then they then I got their number and we agreed to meet later on. Um, so, yeah. But 
So I haven't really ever paid much attention to it until that point where I saw these videos. And yeah, how did that, how did he become like a social phenomenon, Simon? Because like, because I've the, never seen a man who has had less sex in my life. But the magic, the magic of mystery has nothing to do with convincing girls that he's attract that, that, that he's attractive. It's, it's all to do with convincing guys that what he does is attractive. That's all it is. Fuck yeah, that's yeah. Okay, that makes sense because that's- it's a system. The system is based on like, like it's a system of like, like of rules. It's a play, like a play-by-play system of rules, which is like a strategy. It's built like a kind of a sporting playbook. Yeah, and and there are there are easily digestible things that involve like lots of things based around self-actualization and and doing things in a certain way and and that lodges itself into the brain of like of a lot of guys who might not necessarily be having much success with women and it's it's got nothing to do with yeah with with its success rate in getting women into bed it's a hundred percent to do with its success rate in convincing idiot guys that that's how you should do things. Okay, right. Sorry, I, I just, I've been meaning to mention this for a while. Just, You've had mystery on your mind. I've had mystery on my mind because I, every now and then I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening here. I think what happened it, we, there? We were lucky enough to, to be at university when that was very in vogue and just to <laughs> be around and experience that happening occasionally. That's true, yeah. I think that's the thing. It came in vogue about the time we turned 18, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, it yeah. And then we, rapidly we, went out of vogue again. <laughs> Luckily enough. Yeah. But, you know, I guess he's still around striking out. So, Well, good. Uh, good for him and good for everyone else. The longer uh, he keeps on striking out, the better for humanity. So um, sticking, I guess, I guess it's still vaguely with crime, but definitely just being terrible to people. Um, this is a story from South Korea, the city of Seoul in South Korea, and in particular the uh, Gan Gam Gan. Gangnam District, famous for the song the Gang, song Gangnam Style. Style, which is a it's a very fashionable and and trend influential place at the moment, isn't that the deal? Yeah, that yeah, that's true. It's it's sort of it's where the uh, it's where the rich and famous go to do their you know fashionable stuff. Um, so yeah, um, one of the things about South Korea, and by the way, um, hello to our South Korean listeners who I think still exist. One of, one thing that is very popular in South Korea is plastic surgery. And South Korea is sort of famous for being the home of plastic surgery. And the Gangnam District is home to plastic surgeons, including one who set up a 60-centimetre-tall glass sculpture filled with the jawbones of his patients. That is some fucking, like, Buffalo Bill shit, isn't it? Yeah, so apparently um, one of the currently popular plastic surgeries in south korea is to make your face more v-shaped uh, this is obviously for women as well by the way because like they're the only people who are forced to look a particular way so actually i think in south korea like i think it actually does cut both ways somewhat so they need to have a v-shaped chin so they're having their jawbone shaved and uh, yeah, this man was a specialist in it. And to promote the fact of how popular he was, he created this sculpture filled with all of these shavings. And it is just the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. This is like the fugu fish thing, is it? Like, like if you uh, if you want to show everybody that you're a good fugu chef, you put like the skin of the fugu fish outside of your restaurant. 
Yeah. Uh, similar um, to that, but with human jaw bones. Yeah, and in this guy's office, like next to his desk. Thankfully, the South Korean government have uh, have taken a, well, the, the district sort of police have taken a dim view of this. They find him 3 million won. Um, though that is actually only about three thousand dollars. So. Yeah, well, you know that's that's. That, I think that's a reasonable that's a reasonable fine for having a really weird sculpture. Yeah, a really weird biohazardous sculpture. Yeah, I think we'd be like, can we put him in our errand of mercy infinite jail for creepy fuckers? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like we'll put guy, him in there. Yeah, he can be in there with shit man and the other shit man and you tell goat man. Yeah. And I think maybe another thing as well. Definitely. The guy, oh yeah, the other guy who I don't really want to talk about because it's just a really sad story. Okay, don't remember. The guy, oh, I don't... Was it the guy of the Church of Sex? No, that yeah, that was Shipman. That was one of the Shipmen. Was he uh, one of the Shipmen? Yeah, <laughs> Church of Sex Man was the was the one of the Shipmen. Yeah, so enjoy that. The infinite jail of infinite sadness, I guess. <laughs> infinite jail, infinite crisis in the infinite jail of infinite sadness. On ultimate earth. With infinite jawbones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine walking into a plastic surgery? Just like, because, like. Well, I, yeah, wanted... I can't, like, already that's like a terrifying idea. If I wanted to get plastic surgery and I walked into with, like, a, a plastic surgery and in, the, like, the foyer they had that sculpture, I would just, like, go over to it. Maybe there'd be a commemorative plaque explaining what it is and then I would just nope. Like nope, all the way back home and under my duvet. Like nope, 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 and I wouldn't stop until I fell asleep. The first advert I saw when I went to see Wolf of Wall Street, um, there was an advert for the initially I thought might have been like part of the feature. Yeah, you know, kind of like it was. You know, an advert that was actually sort of almost part of the film, like they, like the adverts at the beginning of Tropic Thunder. Yes, yeah, kind of like that. Um, so it starts off as a man like molding a a kind of clay model, and uh, yeah, it turned out that was an advert for a plastic surgery. Ooh, there's some like, that mold is some yourself. But also, can I say that the statue this guy made was really shitty? <laughs> like the person he made was a really rubbish-looking person. So don't go, don't go get plastic surgery done at his place. That's yeah. some Gattaca shit, man. It was, it was really fucked up and odd. Oh <laughs> man, twenty fifteen, you're already scaring us. And then immediately after that was the new go compare advert. So oh, it, I kind of like that. It was a bit rough. <laughs> I quite like the new Go Compare advert because I think it's nice that that guy is finally... He's now a bus driver. Yeah. Yeah, he's not died. Like, he seems yeah. to have overcome... Like, I think they might have listened to our show and was like, yeah, maybe this is getting a bit dark. Well, you know that the... Um, do you know that the, the, the head um, PR guy from Go Compare follows me on Twitter? Oh, right. So, shit, no, that actually happened. That's probably then. what's well, happened. That's because, literally what happened. Because so, I tweeted for a while about how much those adverts depressed me, and he started following me, and he's still following me now, so he's probably actually listened to our <laughs> podcast, and we have we are now the new creators of the Go Compare ad campaign. Okay, well, well he- hello, hello, the PR team of Go Compare. Um, I'm still not enjoying your adverts, but, yeah, they are less depressing. Yeah, so that's fine. I am enjoying your adverts. I think they kind of – they they inhabit a kind of a weird – a weird fantasy realm which i kind of enjoy now so good work if we could get some kickbacks on that that'd be lovely that that would yeah i mean that would be the optimal thing to happen here you know but, but you know 
we set we give this out for free, so I don't think we can claim any ownership over anything. Not even our amazing films. Not even our amazing films. Not even the uh, the the Great Escape based in a uh, in a a German zoo. Oh, can I actually like speaking of that movie? Can I just say that one of the things our um, our our movies have suffered from is a lack of French actors. We yeah. often have. So um, there was an actor in in Wolf of Wall Street who I did think we had been forgetting, which is um, Jean uh, de Jardin, the guy from The Artist. Oh he's, yeah, he's awesome. Like, why the fuck's the, he's not in any of our films? Like we need to get that guy on board. We will. Uh, That's fine. We'll work it out. We'll work can, out a deal with him. He, he can definitely play like a, a French like fox or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he can be executive producer. He can do a lot of the funding, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So you know, if he's listening as well, just get in touch. Got a yeah, good. If the Go Compare marketing team could pass this on to him. <laughs> that'd be lovely because you probably all know each other. I mean, that because as we are all brothers in the Illuminati. I mean, we still we're still not getting those newsletters. I'm starting to get a yeah. bit worried now, guys. Yeah. I mean, I I know I've got some issues with like my postman and stuff, but like, please. Oh, my fucking postman. That's that's a story for another time. Well, he's not a reptilian, that's why. He's not, he's not a reptilian, enough. no. He's he's he, he's he's something else. <laughs> it's something else man. entirely. Some other competing app human. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I think we should probably end the show. We should probably wrap up, yeah. I think we have been going for a little while now. Before the postal <laughs> people come after us. Um so thank you very much for listening. Um you can get in touch with us via our Facebook page, that's facebook.com forward slash errand of mercy. Um, our Twitter, which is EOM Podcast, uh, YouTube is also EOM Podcast, and our email address is uh, eom.podcast at gmail.com. Um, we just, you know, we like hearing from you guys, it's always good. And um, and, and we will hopefully, uh, hopefully speak to you next week, listen, listen to us next week, it'll be good. Yeah, and uh, please tell a friend. It's a special Valentine's Day uh, episode next week. Yeah, special, special, special Valentine's Day. G knows what we've got in store for that, and uh, trust me, it is a treat, isn't it? G? Yeah, it, it is It is sensual, it is romantic, it is, it is, dare I say, erotic. Look forward to that. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, goodbye.